Well, it's my desire this morning to preach a message especially directed to uh, the children of our church. And um, I just want to say how wonderful um, it is to see so many children here. Uh, Some of you might remember, really only a small handful of you uh, would remember uh, that not even a year ago when we had our first Sunday service, there was only a very small handful of children. And God has been pleased to multiply uh, your number for which we give thanks. And we pray that the Lord would send lots of kids to Emmanuel Church. And that wasn't because uh, we necessarily had really lofty aspirations for a really big kids program or anything like that. But it was because we wanted to see the gospel preached to children. And we wanted to see children uh, believing on the Lord Jesus Christ with childlike faith. And then growing up to be men and women of the faith who accomplish mighty deeds for the sake of the Lord Jesus Christ and for his kingdom. So it's really my delight to preach, especially to you kids, this morning. Before I do, I'll just mention, it's, it's not our custom to have a children's bulletin, but we've provided one this morning. They're there on the back podium. If you'd like to grab those for your kids, you're more than welcome to do so. And that's hopefully to be a help to our children this morning. Well, kids, I, I really want to address... You this morning. This sermon is especially for you guys. Every sermon uh, is, is uh, designed for hopefully all of the people in the congregation, but sometimes it's good, I think, to address messages, especially to one group in the congregation. So this morning, I want to especially address you. But before I do so, I want to speak to everybody, sort of give an explanation or maybe some reasons why what we're doing this morning is a good and an appropriate thing. Uh, why preach a sermon? directed primarily, not necessarily exclusively, but primarily to children. I think there's lots of reasons why we ought to do that. Uh, But I'm going to give just four this morning. Four reasons uh, why I would like to preach a sermon directed primarily to children. The first reason is that Jesus Christ is interested in children. The Lord Jesus Christ is interested in children. That is not a speculation. That is not an extrapolation. Uh, That is based on the foundation of God's Word and the way in which Christ was revealed to us during His earthly ministry. Uh, There's an account, it's recorded in three of the Gospels, in Matthew 19, Luke 18, and Mark 10. I want to read just a few verses from the account in Mark 10, illustrating how the Lord Jesus Christ was interested in little children. Mark 10, verses 13 through 16 reads, Then they brought little children to Him, that He might touch them. But the disciples rebuked those who brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was greatly displeased. That word could be translated, he was indignant or he was disgusted. He was greatly displeased and said to them, Let the children come to me, and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of God. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. And he took them up in his arms, and he laid his hands on them. And he blessed them. Is that not a sweet and tender picture of Jesus' heart and disposition toward little children? He loved children. And though even his disciples thought that Jesus was too important for kids, Jesus rebuked them. He was indignant towards them. He was displeased with them. He rebuked them. What did he say? These children should come to me. For to them belongs the kingdom of God. And what does Jesus do? He opens his arms wide. And he receives these children up. And he he lays his hands on them. And he kisses them. And he blesses them. That's Jesus' posture toward little children. A second reason to preach a sermon directed primarily to children 
It is that children can and must be saved. Children can and must be saved. You children, you can be saved. You can become a Christian. You don't have to wait till you're an adult. You don't have to wait till you're 13 years old or 18 years old or 25 years old or 55 years old. You can become a Christian today. If you can understand the words that I'm saying, the simple gospel of Jesus Christ, you can become a Christian. You can be saved, but not only that, you must be saved. You must come in repentance and faith to the Lord Jesus Christ. We preach this message to everybody. Everybody must believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and that holds for you too. You must be saved. You must be forgiven your sins, and you must become a Christian by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. A third reason, and it's a very sad reason, and that is that sometimes children die. Tragic. But sometimes children die. Before planting this church, uh, I was a member of, I believe, five churches previously, just from moving around to different places. And as I reflected on those churches, and every single one of those churches, not necessarily while I was a member there, but in each one of those churches, uh, the congregation suffered the loss of a little child. It happens all the time. I mean, to some degree, uh, rare in one particular body, but it happens all the time. Children die. Kids, you're not guaranteed tomorrow. You don't know that you'll live till your 13th birthday, or your 15th birthday, or 18th birthday. We don't know that we're going to be alive tomorrow. Earlier this year, I was in a terrible car accident. Nine times out of ten, the doctors said I would have died. I didn't plan on getting in an accident that morning. I had a to-do list. I had all sorts of things I wanted to do that day and found that by 7.30 in the morning, I was gasping for breath on the side of the road, just hoping to hang on to my life. That could happen to any one of us. That could even happen to little children. And so I say all that, kids, not necessarily to scare you, but to show you the importance of meetings like this and messages like this. You only have right now. You're not guaranteed tomorrow. And listen, kids, because of that, you need to listen to me. You need to listen to the Word of God preached and the Gospel proclaimed. You need to believe today. There's an urgency about the things that I share from God's Word this morning. And a fourth reason for preaching a sermon primarily directed to children, and this incorporates all of us here, including the adults. All faith, all saving faith, all true faith is childlike faith. All saving faith is childlike faith. If you have biblical faith at all, it is childlike faith. It's childlike faith by which we're saved. It's childlike faith by which uh, each one of us is presently persevering in the faith. And it is childlike faith. Listen to me, brothers and sisters. It's only childlike faith with which you will die and come into glory. It's the only sort of faith that God honors. The only sort of faith that has Christ as its object and believes on Him as a little child. And let me assure you, my brothers and sisters who feel weary, when you get into the kingdom of heaven, the Lord Jesus Christ will receive you as a little child. And He'll come before you with arms spread wide. And He will receive you up into His arms. And He will lay His hands on you. And He will bless you. And you will celebrate with childlike faith being in the presence of your Savior just as those little children celebrated those years ago. So those are my reasons for doing what we're doing today, for preaching a sermon directed primarily to kids. Now kids, I'm talking 
entirely to you at this point, okay? And uh, if your parents are a little distracting, you could just slide them a crayon or something like that, a sheet of paper. Uh, if you need to take them out of the room for a little bit, if they're bothering you, we understand that. But kids, I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you this morning about Christmas. Fitting, right? It's Christmas time. Christmas is, well, Christmas Eve is a week from now, and then Christmas is just the Monday after that, right around the corner. The question I want to ask this morning is what do we celebrate at Christmas time? Do you know what we celebrate this time of the year in, in a special way? It's really something we should celebrate all the time. But at Christmas time, what is it that we focus on in particular? What are we celebrating this time of the year? Now listen, you might be celebrating all kinds of things. Uh, you might be celebrating that, that presents are coming and just... Uh, in about a week or so, you might be celebrating that uh, there are so many Christmas desserts being turned out of the kitchen right now. And listen, I love all those things. I love really everything about Christmas. Christmas lights, Christmas trees, candy canes, eggnog, only Southern comfort eggnog, uh, Christmas desserts, Christmas parties, Christmas. I love all that stuff. I love giving and receiving gifts. Those are all good things. And it's okay to like those things, enjoy those things. But what is the main thing that we're celebrating this time of year? Those things are all really small and silly, but we consider the main thing that we're celebrating this time of year. Well, I want to make the point this morning that there are two main things that we celebrate at Christmas time. Two main things. You may have thought it was only one, but I think there are two things that we especially celebrate this time of the year. So if you're following along, if you have the children's bulletin, we want to go ahead and start it now. We celebrate two things. And the first thing we celebrate is this. We celebrate that Jesus Christ came into the world. We celebrate that Jesus Christ came into the world. I'll give you a minute to write that down. We celebrate two things. The first is this, that Jesus Christ came into the world. We celebrate the birth of Christ, right? We celebrate that... that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, became a man. He was born as a humble little baby in Bethlehem. And he was born in a stable. We celebrate that this time of year. It's the birth of Jesus Christ that we're focusing on in a special way. It's, his, it's what we call sometimes His incarnation. You kids know that word? The incarnation of Jesus? This is the big word I want to teach you this morning, okay? Incarnation is a big word that comes from Latin. Okay, a language called Latin. Now kids... Seems like all sorts of kids are learning Latin these days. That wasn't the way it was when I was a kid. Church uh, I was in previously, there was a little nine-year-old girl who would uh, always come up to me and she would say, Salvete, amici latine. And I would look at her and say, go away, little girl. And we had this really charming back and forth. But, but maybe you know Latin, maybe you don't. So, so this word incarnation comes from the Latin language. Two words in particular. The Latin word in and the Latin word Carnus. Put them together, you get incarnation, okay? The word in in Latin means in. Okay? Surprised by that? It means in, okay? Just like it does in English. Uh, and the word carnus means flesh. It means flesh. So think of like, maybe you know what a carnivore is? That's a, uh, something that eats meat, eats flesh, okay? Well, in carnus, you put them together, what do you get? In flesh. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came in flesh. God became man. It's not like Jesus uh, only started existing when he came into the world. He had been around for a long, long time, indeed for all eternity. And he was actually there when God created the world. 
But in the incarnation, in in flesh, Jesus Christ came in flesh. He was born of a baby. So, you know, me and Miss Jenna have a little baby, a little Dominic. Jesus came just like that little baby. And he would cry, he'd make a fuss. Uh, He was a little baby just like that. He came in the flesh. He was born into the world. So we celebrate at Christmas time the birth of Jesus Christ, the incarnation of Christ. But there's a, a question I want us to ask. And that is, why did Jesus come into the world? We love singing songs about the scene around Jesus' birth, but but why did he come really? What was his purpose? Why did he come? What reasons did he give for coming into the world? Why was it important that Jesus Christ came in the flesh? Well, there are lots of ways we could answer that. Lots of reasons we could give. Lots of reasons Jesus himself gave. But I want to give just three reasons this morning. And these are in your notes as well, okay? Three reasons why Jesus came into the world. First of all, Jesus came... Because God loves the world. Jesus came because God loves the world. And you kids know that, right? God loves the world. And that's why he gave the gift of his son. In fact, if you look at your bulletin, there's a verse there I want you to to look at. Hopefully, maybe one day you can memorize this verse. John 3 and verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, Whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. We, we, we exchange gifts this time of year, right, kids? You're hoping to get some gifts given to you from your parents or from your grandparents. Well, God gave a gift. The gift was his only son. He loved the world. And so he gave his son so that the world would not perish, but that anyone in the world who believed on Jesus could be saved and could have eternal life. That's God's gift to the world. It is His Son, Jesus Christ. It was a precious gift. Verse says it was His only Son. And He gave Him for us so that we could be saved. And listen, God saves now all kinds of people in the world. He's saving all kinds of people. Think of how big the world is. So many billions of people. Think of how many kids there are in the world. And God is saving all kinds of people from all over the world. He's saving black people and white people and Asian people and and Hispanic people. He's he's saving people with brown eyes and blue eyes. And and he's saving uh, uh, people with brown hair and and dark hair and and, and red hair and blonde hair. He's saving all kinds of people because God loves the world. And that's what he did. He sent his son such that anyone could be saved. If they believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, they won't perish, but they'll have eternal life. But there's a second reason I want to highlight, okay, in your, in your handout, why Jesus came into the world. First of all, because God loves the world, but there's a second reason here. Because Jesus loves children. You see that there? Because Jesus loves children. And now I want to ask you to look at that verse. I read it a moment ago, but in Mark chapter 10, those verses, verses 13 through 16, I want you, if you're able to read, to follow along as I read. Then they brought little children to him, that he might touch them. But the disciples rebuked those who brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was greatly displeased and said to them, Let the little children come to me, and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of God. Surely I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. And he took those little children up in his arms, laid his hands on them, and blessed them. Kids, what do we learn here about Jesus? 
We learn a few things, but at the very least, we learn that Jesus loved children. He loved to be close to little kids. He loved to get down on one knee and receive them up in his arms and to lay his hands on them and bless them. He loved little children, just like some of you little kids. If you were there 2,000 years ago and you saw Jesus, he would want to talk to you. He would want to give you a hug. And he'd want to tell you about the gospel, the good news that he brought. He would tell you about the kingdom of God. In another place, in the gospel of Mark, Jesus says he he comes to bring about this kingdom. And what does he say in these verses? He says that kids are going to be in that kingdom. There are going to be children who enter that kingdom. Indeed, anyone who's going to be part of Jesus' kingdom has to come like a little child. And so kids, you can come and be part of Jesus' kingdom. And all you have to do is come as you are. Come like a little child and put your faith in trust in the Lord Jesus. But now there's a third reason. Now kids, this is the really big one. This is the one I want to emphasize, okay? Other ones were important too, but this is the big, big reason I want to emphasize. Why did Jesus come into the world? Why was Jesus born as a little baby? What did he come to do? The third reason is this, because Jesus loves to save sinners. Because Jesus loves to save sinners. If you can read, look at that verse, 1 Timothy 1.15. All you children should memorize this verse. 1 Timothy 1.15 says this, The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And the man writing this, the Apostle Paul says, of whom I am the foremost. See, the Apostle Paul was a very sinful man. He said, I was the most sinful man. And in fact, he's saying, if Jesus could save me, he could save anybody. This is what Jesus came to do. Because he loves sinners, he came to save them. Indeed, maybe you know this, that's what Jesus' name means. When Jesus was born, we have this recorded for us in the Gospel of Matthew in chapter 1. It says his name is going to be called Jesus. Why? For he will save his people from their sins. That's why he came. He came to be a savior for sinners. Now, kids, there's something I need you to know and to understand. You're a sinner. You're a sinner. Like everyone in this room is a sinner. We're all sinners. The Bible teaches that we are born sinners. We're born dead in our sins and we're under the judgment of God. And we have a sinful heart and we do sinful things and we think bad thoughts and we need Jesus to save us. And the good news is, That's why he came. Jesus Christ came for this very reason. To save sinners like you and me. You little children. You little children who know what it's like to sin, to disobey mom and dad, or to uh, argue with your brother or sister, or to do something that you ought not to do. Christ Jesus can save you from your sin. But you've got to recognize that you are a sinner. And that you need his grace. There's a verse, I don't think I have it in your bulletin, but I want to read it for you. It's found in Mark chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. Jesus says this, or it says, As he reclined at table in his house, many tax collectors and sinners were reclining with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. So Jesus is at this gathering with all these sinful people. And the scribes of the Pharisees, when they saw that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors, said to his disciples, Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? These Pharisees think, that's not right. Why is Jesus close to all these sinful people? And when Jesus heard it, he said to them, 
Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. Because what is Jesus saying there? He says, I, I didn't come to those who are well. See, Jesus is like a doctor. He's like a physician. I didn't come to those that, that were really healthy. I came to those who were sinners, who, who were unhealthy, who were sick, who needed someone to heal them. And then he says, I didn't come for righteous people. I came for sinners. Now, do you kids, do you know my friend, Mr. Lai Chow? You know Mr. Lai Chow? Mr. Lai Chow, can you raise your hand so all the kids can see you? You know Mr. Lai Chow, okay? Mr. Lai Chow is what we call a cardiologist. It's a heart doctor. That one comes from Greek, okay? He's a, cardi- he's a heart doctor, which means if you have a bad heart, like a heart that's not pumping blood properly or something like that, you can go to Mr. Lai Chow. That's what he specializes in. That's what he knows how to, how to deal with. And he's a heart doctor. So if your heart's not working right, you can go to him and he can help getting your heart working better. Because he's a heart doctor. Okay? Listen, Jesus, according to these verses, is like a sin doctor. See, kids, you have a sin problem. You have sin in your heart. And you need someone to heal you of that sin. You need someone to save you from that sin. And that's what Jesus is saying he does. He's, he's like a physician. He's like a doctor. And he can take your sin problem. And he can make it well. He can save you from your sin. Deliver you from your sin. He can make you well. He can make you right. And so all you need to do, kids, is come to him. And acknowledge, I'm, I had the, the sickness of sin. I'm a sinner. And I need to be saved from my sin. And the great news is, Jesus is a sin doctor. He can heal sin. That's what he specializes in. He can fix you of your sin problem. He can heal you and make you well and save you from your sin. Well, that's the first thing we celebrate at Christmas time. That Jesus Christ came into the world. But now I want to talk to you about the second thing we celebrate at Christmas time. A lot of people know the first, but a lot of people neglect the second. In fact, most people celebrating Christmas this year will not acknowledge the second. Okay, so it's important, you kids, that you celebrate this second thing. Okay, what is it? The second thing we celebrate at Christmas time. We celebrate that we, we can come to Jesus. We can come to Jesus. See, Jesus Christ came into the world. That's the first thing we celebrate. The second thing we celebrate is that we, sinful people, little children, can come to Jesus. And if you don't celebrate that second thing, you're not celebrating Christmas the right way. The fact that Jesus came into the world, all that stuff we sung about, it's not good news. It's nothing worth celebrating unless we come to Jesus. We sang a song about that, right? Oh, come all ye faithful. He comes into the world and we come to Him. He came so that we can come to Him in faith and repentance and to believe on Him to forgive us from our sins. Kids, Jesus came to save sinners. And you as a sinner need to come to Jesus. He came to us so that now we, so that you, little children, can come to Jesus. This is what we see happening all throughout the Bible, all throughout the Gospels especially. Who came to Jesus first? Remember the wise men? The wise men had to come to Jesus. How about Jesus' disciples? They had to come to Jesus. People who were sick, people who had diseases, they had to come to Jesus. People who had sin problems, they had to come to Jesus. Little children, they too had to come to Jesus. 
And the wonderful thing is, this is exactly what Jesus wants. He wants you, little kids, to come to him. And he says it again and again and again, all throughout the Gospels. I just want to highlight two verses for you, and they're included in your bulletin. One is John 6, 37, and one is Matthew 11. I was saved as a a little child myself. I was saved when I was 10. And the pastor who led me to Christ asked me to memorize these two verses. These were the first two verses I memorized as a Christian. You kids should, should know them as well. John 6.37 says this, All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. Whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. How about four-year-olds? Will you cast them out, Jesus? Whoever comes to me, I will never cast them out. How about a seven-year-old? Can seven-year-olds come to Jesus? Yes, If a seven-year-old comes, I will never cast him out. Ten-year-olds? Thirteen-year-olds? Eighteen-year-olds? Twenty-five-year-olds? Forty-five-year-olds? People on their deathbed? Whoever comes to me. You come to me. You believe on me. You put your trust in me. You repent of your sins. If you come to me, I will never cast you out. What a promise. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that precious, kids? If you come to Jesus, the promise of the Scriptures is this. He won't cast you out, but He'll receive you. Now, there's another verse I want you to see, and that's Matthew 11, 28 through 30. It says this. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus is saying, give a sin burden. Come to me. Put them on my shoulders. I'll take your burden. You sick? Come to me. I can heal you. Are you lost? Come to me. I'll bring you home. Are you in danger? Come to me and I'll make you safe. Kids, you can come to Jesus. This is what he says. Come to me. All you who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Because you should go to Jesus. But what should you do when you go to Jesus? When you do come to Him, what should you do? Well, you should trust Jesus. And you should trust Him to do three things for you. And again, these are in your bulletin. What three things can you trust Jesus to do for you? Seeing that you're a sinner, you want to come to Christ What can you trust Jesus to do for you? Three things. First of all, you can trust Jesus to save you from your sin. You can trust Jesus to save you from your sin. Remember, why did Jesus come into the world? He came to save sinners. He came to make sick people well. And you kids can trust Jesus to save you from your sin. What's the second thing? If you trust Jesus, you can trust Him to teach you how to follow Him. You can trust Jesus to teach you how to follow Him. See, becoming a Christian is not just about saying the prayer and moving on. It's about coming to Jesus, putting your trust in Him, and then following Him for the rest of your life. Every day you get up and you're following Jesus. You can trust Jesus to teach you how to follow Him. And thirdly and finally, you can trust Jesus to bring you safely to heaven. You can trust Jesus to bring you safely to heaven. Some of you might live another 80 years. 
Some of you might live another 40 years. Some of you might not be here next year. Well, if you believe on Jesus, you can trust that He will bring you safely to heaven. And listen, kids, heaven is wonderful. It's paradise forever with Jesus Christ. It's a world of love. And you can trust Jesus to bring you safely there. In closing, I'd like you kids to imagine something with me. Use your imagination. You, You kids are so much better at using your imagination than we adults are. So I want you to use your imagination right now, okay? I want you to imagine that Jesus Christ himself came here. Like today. Like to this room right now. There's a little hallway back here. Imagine that he came out of this hallway right now. Jesus Christ came here. Now I wonder, what do you think he would say to you? If Jesus Christ were here right now, what would he say? I know the first thing he would say. He would say, Alex, sit down. I'm going to finish the sermon. Okay? But what would he say after that? Now he's addressing you children. Use your imagination. Jesus Christ is here, and he's going to finish the sermon. What would he say to you? To be honest with you, I don't know exactly what he would say. But I have a great guess. I think that if Jesus Christ came here and finished the sermon, he would say something like this. He'd open his arms wide. And he'd say, you children, you can come to me. Would you come to me? Would you, I want to receive you. Would you come and believe on me and trust me to take care of your sin problem, to make you well? Would you come to me? Are, are, are you a sinner? Do you need grace? I can give that to you. Are you sick? Do you need healing? I can do that for you. Are you lost? I can, I can bring you safely home. Would you come to me? Maybe he'd just stand right up here and he'd ask you to do that. And listen to me, if one of you kids decided to get up and actually come to Jesus, what would he do? Well, he'd probably get down on one knee and he'd pick you up in his arms. And he'd lay his hands on you, probably kiss you on the forehead, and he'd bless you. And he would make everything well. Everything all right. He'd take care of your sin problem. And he would make you right with God. I think that's something of what Jesus would do if he were here. Now kids, this part is a little hard for you to understand, and that's okay. But we believe that Jesus is here right now. Jesus is here right now. You can't see him, but he is here right now. The Bible teaches that Jesus comes through his word preached. He comes comes to us through the Bible. That's how he communicates with us. Jesus is here. And if you can understand my words, you can understand the message about Jesus. And that is that he wants you to come to him. And he wants you to be saved. He wants to save you from your sins. And if you can understand the words that I'm saying, you can come to Jesus today. You can believe on Him. And you could be confident, sure, that He will receive you. You're not going to hear a voice from heaven, but you could learn about Jesus in His Word. You could learn about Jesus from your pastors and your Sunday school teachers and from your parents. And they'll show you what He teaches and what He says. 
But you can come to Jesus today. And listen, kids, I want to go back to the beginning. You can be saved. And you must be saved. You must be saved. And you could come to Jesus even today. You come to him when you get home from church and believe on him. And I promise you, he will save you from your sin. Let's pray. Oh Lord Jesus, we're thankful that you do not despise childlike faith, but you invite it. You desire that men and women, boys and girls, believe on you even as a little child, just trusting. Trusting the Lord Jesus to be a Savior for sinners. Lord, we pray that you would do that for each and every child here, for each and every man or woman here. We pray that you would help us to have a child's trust. To believe on you to make everything well. To make us safe. To make us right with God. To bring us home. To make us well. Give us faith and confidence in you to do that just as a little child trusts. We pray you do that for each of our children here. We pray that this message of the Savior who loves children desires that they would come to him so he can take them up in his arms. We pray that you would enable us to publish that message in every place so that little children, boys and girls of all ages can believe on Jesus Christ as a Savior for sinners. Do that, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.